Welcome one, welcome all to episode 201 of the Xbox Expansion Pass, recorded on Saturday, October 28th, 2023. I am your host, Luke Lore, the Insipid Ghost, joined by my co-host, the Intrepid, Captain Logan. And in this episode, we take a look at the monumental shift in Xbox leadership as Sarah Bond has taken over as president of Xbox Activision's acquisition now brings the number of billion-dollar franchises in Xbox Xbox's portfolio to 17. That is impressive. And, of course, we have an Xbox showcase in our wake that brings mixed reactions from gamers. And Alan Wake 2 has arrived. As always, we hope you enjoy the show. Logan, we like to start the show by offering words of kindness, those who have made our gaming weeks better. But first, how are you, my friend? I'm good, man. Uh, I I went out last night for some Halloween party goodness, and uh, wife ended up winning a, a costume contest for Catwoman, so it was really cool. And uh, yeah, just a, you know, a couple drinks, some socializing with folks that we didn't know, and then uh, came back home. But uh, yeah, so far a really good week. Had some had some really good times uh, playing with you guys, playing with other folks. See, season season ten is like in full throw, so jumping into that but can't can't complain man it's been a good week how about you that's awesome i had a very busy week uh like just just busy right like i had two 13 to 15 hour days back to back oh my god which was really hard yeah it was really hard um neither was bad per se but they were just long and and tiring yeah uh you know like coach you know teaching then coaching then we took the kids out and did yeah. this big event and then there was you know, the bus wouldn't start and then there were only three people working at the restaurant we oh went to God. you know just like but the kids were great we had fun <laughs> and the next day was parent teacher conferences and that wasn't bad which can sometimes be bad and i have a leadership yeah. role so i make sure that everybody's being good to one another and again not bad but tiring and yeah. in between all that i got to play uh, a lot of the halloween stuff with with you and kevin and Suddy and joe uh, across Fortnite and cod which was really a good time um and i've been playing a lot of spider-man 2 which is is really impressive and yeah. um just i've had a very good week that was very mm -hmm. difficult and busy but it wasn't bad at all so a very good week yeah sometimes it's those it's still a good week even if you're stressed out and, yeah. and it's like it's hard to like appreciate how good of a week it can still be mm -hmm. knowing that you're just like I'm just ready for a break. <laughs> right. That's exactly right. Um, soccer is almost done. So I'm looking forward to that because I'd like my time back because yeah. when that's done, I can take care of myself a bit more because I'll always push to take care of the kids and that kind of thing. Um, oh, man. Yeah, yeah. See, I'm super selfish. So like any time away from games or hanging out with friends online mm -hmm. is like, uh, I don't yeah. know if I want to do this. Yeah. Do I have totally. to wear clothes. Am I going outside? <laughs> I don't well, know. I, I can tell you that I'm ready to play Alan Wake. Like that's kind of been my like that's my goal. Yeah. You know, you know how sometimes you <laughs> said like once I get to here, I can do this yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, we we did get a code for Alan Wake, but it came in like day of, 
yeah. um i think it's just where we are on, on their kind of like distribution list which i'm still very appreciative of um, cool. that means yeah it's very cool and i'm so excited to dive in it's perfect for spooky time yeah uh, and so probably this evening i will dive in i'm seeing a lot of people on our xep discord loving it and i know we'll talk reviews in a bit oh, so i'm i'm stoked they're I'm loving stoked it sure. yeah yeah well uh look man uh who are your words of kindness for this week Oh man. So I got a shout out, uh, CJ and Austin who are over at humanity, um, which is the game. Not, yes. Humanity, the game mm-hmm. also part of the race. <laughs> I think we all are. Okay. All um, right. Cool. 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 But it's uh, well, I don't know. You could be a robot. I could be a cat. You never know. It's, it's all simulation. It's all simulation. <laughs> um, but no. So this week, part of the reason why I had such a good week was, uh, I took a half day on Wednesday and uh, went and actually streamed with them on their Humanity channel, which if you guys don't know, uh, Humanity is a PlayStation exclusive for the time being. And it is a, a PSVR 2 game, but it's also a regular game. But it is like lemmings with people. Mm-hmm. And you can do custom levels like Super Mario Maker 2. You can play through the campaign, which has some really awesome levels that are kind of like part or part of them's like fix uh, or, you know, like work your work the humans through the level um, mm-hmm. and try and save as many as you can. Others are like work out the puzzle on where they have to go because there's a limited number of them mm-hmm. and they follow your commands as a little Sheba. And then other ones are just like, there's a big boss battle and you have to, you have to kill the boss with all the humans and you got to run around with lightsabers and, and guns and stuff. And they, they just automatically fight as you kind of run them through the area and stuff uh, mm-hmm. with this little Shiba. So it's a great game. Um, it's a game that I got to uh, help test out. So I'm, I'm in so the credits right. as a, as a, a special thanks, which was really awesome. Um, and we got to play some, some piratey levels this week. Mm-hmm as part of their creator showcase so shout out to them over on uh, the humanity game channel uh on twitch and youtube they were fantastic to play with and talk with after and before during and uh the whole the whole event so it was really awesome it was about an hour and a half's worth of uh content um just kind of check out like different levels and stuff so it was really sweet of them to to invite me on yeah, that is really cool, man. I, I love CJ, of course, from Player One Podcast. I don't yeah. know Austin, but um, that's really neat. That's really neat. And anytime you get to interact with developers, I think that's a win. You know, it's yeah. just a good time. So that's great, man. Very yeah. cool. How about you? How was your, how was your, who's your, your uh, words of kindness for this week? Um, I, I mentioned it very quickly last week and he didn't catch his, his quick shout out kind of midway through an episode. So I want to shout out Wolverine, uh, who mm. I, I interact with over on threads a lot. Um, and he's just a a wonderful presence there. They're a wonderful presence there. Um, and so I just really appreciate getting to chat with people on threads because it's another avenue. It's another possibility of interaction. And and Twitter is this weird, like, is it dying? Is it not place? And I I don't enjoy that nearly as much. So I really enjoy my, my people on threads and Wolverine's constantly there, uh, just chatting it up, checking things out. Um, not an avid podcast listener, he said. Um, and so if he's listening, awesome. Appreciate it. But it's more like he made my gaming week better. And so I just want to note some appreciation there for sure. That's cool. So yeah, I'm yeah. I'm waiting for uh I'm waiting for Elon to put that paywall on Twitter so I can justify nixing it and yeah, uh sad. moving over to threads or blue sky. It's a it's a real bummer how, how it's <laughs> it really all that. is. Remember when Twitter was cool? <laughs> I loved Twitter for so long I built a community there. So yeah. So what do you yeah. do? Uh, 
Well, look, man, we've got a lot of cool things happening for XCP this week, especially with our patrons. Tomorrow, we're recording the Xbox wrap-up, which we have a new format on, in which we chat with patrons uh, about you know their gaming month. We wrap up their gaming month. And so uh, I put it out into our patron Discord. Uh, I put it out over on Patreon that tomorrow, at the time of this recording, uh, we're going to be recording with any patron that wants to come in and just chat about what they've been playing or what's on their gaming mind. Uh, I'm so looking forward to that last month. Ellery uh, joined us to do a Starfield spoiler cast. That's now on YouTube for everybody. But I'm really looking forward to this uh, community event. I really enjoy interacting with our patrons a lot. and know we're about to shout them yeah. out. Um, but it's just cool to, to have that community in the wake of Twitter going away and you know the possibility of having to, to find new social spaces. Having them there has been great. So shout out to that. Yeah. Yeah, it's really fun to be able to do that. I'm, I am looking forward to that as well, too, especially the, uh, the 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 haunting tweets that you put out regarding like my comments about Starfield and what I did in that game. <laughs> I hope so that baity. people see it. Uh, it. No, it's not baity. Anybody that has not <laughs> heard the Starfield spoiler cast, when you are ready, you go in and you listen to to. Uh, the three of us talk about like our experiences in Starfield, but Captain Logan is the most savage, awful human being I've ever heard. <laughs> what he did to his wife was horrible in this game, but I couldn't. It's it's not Beatty by intention, Logan. It was terrible, but I can't tell anybody to, to like go listen because it's a spoiler cast. So That's ugh, it's <laughs> wild. I could not believe you did that. And I was like, my heart hurt for these digital creatures. I was like, goodness gracious. <laughs> look, I just want, I You're just a monster. want, look, they put the options in there <laughs> when they made the game. Like they, if they didn't think of the repercussions of allowing you to do certain things in that game, to be able to do anything you want in that game, mm -hmm, then that's mm -hmm. on them because the tools are there. I didn't make the rules. They didn't set the precedent. I just use the tools that were available to me. So that's on Todd Howard. And if Todd Howard wants to have a chat about what I did and the repercussions of how that's going to impact Elder Scrolls six, he's more than welcome to come show up on our doorstep. Mm. I, well, first of all, I would love that. Absolutely. Uh, for sure. And I, I, there's a couple other Xbox leadership people we've mentioned, but uh, we'll get to that in the news. Let's do our Patreon uh, two and three shout outs real quick and then we can get into this like massive week this was a huge week for xbox and yeah. i wasn't expecting it to be so uh let's give our shout outs to our, our tier two and three patrons this is up on you this week so thank you again head over to patreon.com forward slash xbox expansion pass if you'd like to join in get your name in the list join on the discord join us for the xbox wrap up for the tier threes but thank you to our tier two and tier three shout outs this week it is nicholas downey rob frawley the second tau zochi trickster robbie bobby miller xbox skittle steel rain matto 1606 randall thor 19 Silkenit. Rick Gaffney, African, a.k.a. Charles Jones, Game Positive, Jam Pack Sam, Matt Valdez, Neoprime 33, Rick Davis, Red Beast, Xbox Mike 29, The Lord Sir Master James Suddy, Brendan Myers, a.k.a. The Winter Gamer, Sony's VP of Marketing, Kevin Butler, Clint Coombs, DJ Hero, and Dano12. Thank you all so much for your love, for your support, for your conversation and camaraderie as we go into another week of Xbox News.
That's right. Oh, that was well said. Well said. Uh, patrons, your money was put to good use in September. We donated a great deal of money to uh, Extra Life across our various content creators. There's a remaining $25 that's going to go out uh, in November for I think I'm going to I think it's allotted for the trophy room once they activate theirs. But we were able to hook up Save Game Media, Season Gaming, Greg Seward, Skinny Matt. Uh, and you donated this past uh, weekend as well. A $50 yeah. donation. Yeah, so I, I a uh, good buddy of mine, uh, fellow CFE's podcaster, Davram TV, he's been doing Extra Life for 10 years. He's the team captain over in the uh, Columbus, Ohio area. And uh, he's been doing um, Extra Life for, for a very, very long time. Has booths that get set up at different conventions uh, over in Ohio. And uh, just one, one of the few people that I think is genuinely like one of the nicest people when it comes to like, trying to make sure that uh, charities are represented and treated well and that folks are uh, having a good outlet and experience with that. So amazing work that they do. They they usually get tons and tons of stuff to give away uh, for raffles and stuff at their conventions that they go to for people that donate. And the amount of money that they raise is some of the the biggest, especially given like the the scale of, of people that follow that particular chapter versus like big name streamers and stuff. They, they pull their weight better than I think most people do when it comes to this kind of thing. So it's really fantastic to get an opportunity to support them again this year under the XEP banner. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I, I enjoyed putting like, you know, this is not from me. This is from the patrons. This is, you know, don't yeah. enter me in a contest, enter or don't enter anybody for the, yeah, whatever. I'm trying to <laughs> just make it clear that like, you know, we're doing this for the kids. Yes, thank you. That's what I'm trying to say. All right. Big news this week. Lots of really big topics that I was surprised about, impressed with, uh, yeah. I raised eyebrows to. There was a massive reorganization at Microsoft Leadership. Of course, uh, it was last week that Pete Hines announced he was leaving Bethesda. Um, he'd had a, an astoundingly impressive career. Uh, we speculated whether this was not it was clearly voluntary but like we speculated if there were reasons behind this or he was just ready for a change if it had anything to do with the activision acquisition um still don't know and i don't want to put out into the universe that it is some sort of conspiratorial thing but pete hines yeah. leaving bethesda was certainly a a shift in culture for both bethesda and now zenimax and xbox uh but even bigger news this week uh as matt booty is now taking over at ZeniMax and Bethesda, and Sarah Bond is now the president of the Xbox platform. This is pretty darn cool stuff. Um, I love seeing this for a lot of reasons. I was, uh, well, hold on, let me read the news, and then I'll, I'll speak more specifically about my thoughts on some stuff. Um, we've got uh, Xbox Game Studios had Matt Booty moving over to president of game content and creation and studios uh, with ZeniMax and Bethesda. Uh, Zenimax itself is going to be run on a limited integration with the president and CEO of Jamie Letter uh, leading the company, but reporting to Matt Booty. That's interesting. Sarah Bond's new promotion of going to president of Xbox will have her oversee hardware, business strategy, and a couple other kind of like undefined things. Phil Spencer had some comments on this one, Logan. He said, great games are fundamental to everything we do. We believe that an, that an expanded gaming content organization, one that enables Xbox Game Studios and ZeniMax's development studios to collaborate effectively together, will empower those world-class studios to do their best work 
and growing our portfolio of games that players love, end quote. Um, this is interesting because it's largely focused on ZeniMax and Xbox Game Studios and kind of strengthening that bond there. I would have thought this would have happened the sooner. The Sarah bond? Ah, there it uh. is. Um, I would have thought this would have happened sooner, but I'm glad it is happening. And I think Redfall and Starfield taught a lot of lessons uh, to both. I also yeah. think it's prep for an Activision, you know, influx of culture and whatnot. Pretty neat uh, to think, Logan, and this was The Verge that pointed this out, that once Bobby Kotick exits Activision Blizzard, there will be more women than men in the gaming leadership team at Xbox. Um, I think that's really neat in terms of if we're talking about culture shift. Uh, yeah. That's a pretty, I think, telling thing. For something oh, that's yeah. pretty important. We've seen Xbox can, can, do a good job at diversifying. Go ahead. Considering that the games industry is still largely operated and owned by you know white males the fact that the xbox leadership team will have more women in power than men speaks to the drive of them allowing for others to see that everyone is a gamer that everyone is invested in gaming and just to be able to like celebrate that for a moment is is fantastic and the fact that uh mad booty is going to be taking over for the the studios and stuff that are um over at zenimax and kind of heading that up shows that he is still doing a good job he can still handle the workload um because we've seen games like hi-fi rush and pentiment come out of obsidian uh and tango gameworks under his you know his purview and making sure that you know we are going to run into the occasional redfall um, but then we're going to get a starfield and knowing that Pete Hines is a left still kind of feels like a breakup between like Johnny Depp and Tim Burton, you know, yeah, it's, it, feels it's, like it stings. It stings. Yeah. Like it, it's, it, I hope it's not something that was like because of bad blood mm -hmm. between what was going on. Cause I, I, you know, I earnestly hope that Pete Hines was still satisfied, but it does, it does feel odd as far as timing, but it's not like, it's one of those things like someone decides to retire. You can't just leave their position open. Right. And you can't you can't close that off because they've got so much responsibility, especially in Pete Hines's position. Mm -hmm. So Matt Booty kind of stepping in is interesting because it shows kind of the overgrowth of Xbox uh, through their acquisitions over the years. Mm -hmm. um, instead of like promoting from within Zenimax to fill the position of Pete Hines, uh, it, it's it's definitely interesting there. Having Sarah Bond as the president of of uh, Xbox though is really cool um obviously phil spencer is still going to be ceo but having sarah as the president allows me to feel like this is going to be a good exit strategy for bobby kodak like we know who's going to be in place um and i think you you posted the link and i saw it earlier this week of tom warren's uh kind of leadership chart of right. like how it's going to kind of disseminate down so you've got phil at the top and then matt booty is going to uh, be sharing the the same kind of pedestal as sarah bond as presidents mm -hmm. and then under them they've got like dave McCar uh, mccarthy for ceo uh jared west is a cmo amy silverman is um chief consumer sales officer and then you've got like bobby kodak who's going to be out and then jocelyn main who's the chief of staff it's so cool to have like faces to names and stuff and mm -hmm. not all of them have to be upfront and uh, personable obviously matt booty very behind the scenes but very important sarah mm -hmm. bond much more front facing and and outspoken with uh, a lot of the like her desires for xbox mm -hmm. so i'm just glad that we're getting 
people that we're familiar with or, or names that we know mm-hmm. in positions where they're going to be able to foresee what happens and impact the future of Xbox for the next 10 years, mm-hmm. uh, at least. So really love it, though. I, I agree. And it's interesting because I I think if you would like to roll back the clocks, wind back the clocks a year. <laughs> uh I don't think I was very high on Matt Booty, and it goes to show how ignorant a lot of consumers are. I'm using myself as the example, but really mm. on this side of the gaming sphere, as to what's happening, we were seeing a drought in gaming content. We were seeing Halo yeah. Infinite struggle mightily. We were wondering, like, what's Xbox doing? Is Matt Booty's leadership the problem? Is what's, you know, there was a lot of speculation. Um, yep. And it goes to show how very wrong I think we were uh how very misinformed we are and how we as consumers podcasters content creators and even many journalists are not privy to a lot of the inner workings of things even insiders are not privy to certain elements of of what's going on with the team and the activision blizzard acquisition and the court documents that kind of came out of that showcase that matt booty was in fact doing an exceptional job uh, at guiding studios and, and getting things on track and fixing stuff and um it's very telling that that consumers that content creators journalists people like ourselves uh that we do this weird in-between thing on occasion uh need to be careful how full-blown into opinions we go because in fact matt booty is very much doing a great job and for him to stand alongside someone of the caliber of, of sarah bond to be working with and under Phil Spencer, to be working alongside Amy Silverman and so many other established names that have done good things. It's like, oh, all right, there we go. Credit where due. Apologies. It's one of those situations where you, you, we as consumers like to pay attention to who's in charge and how things are going because their leadership is the one that is going to dictate how the, how the hardware, how the, the ecosystem goes. So, you know, having Doug Bowser take over for um, Reggie fils like it's concerning because everyone knows how Reggie feels about Nintendo mm-hmm. and where he will drive Nintendo for America. With Doug, he's far more behind the scenes and we don't know what his passions are. And because of that, it's hard to feel certain when you look at like the future of Nintendo Um, Because some of that is going to some of that culture, some of that personality is going to bleed through the company Mm -hmm. from the top down. It's going to be a waterfall effect. Mm -hmm. And we see that with Phil Spencer. And we're going to see what's going to happen with PlayStation soon uh, now that Jim Ryan is leaving. So it's going to be one of these situations where you, you want to know who's in charge because that will most definitely impact the quality and the the out. Uh, cropping or the 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 release schedule of games um even though these studios work on their own they're very independent uh how these games get filtered greenlit all that stuff is important um if not for matt booty i would not be podcasting because he is the one that greenlit uh athena uh, athena's fortune back in the day um which ended up being sea of thieves and if not for sea of thieves i wouldn't be here with you so it's because of Matt Booty that I am even able to talk about his career mm-hmm. in the first place. Because if if not for him, I would not even know who he is uh, as a result of all the choices that he's made over the last mm-hmm. 10 years. 
last week on XCP 200, people asked what uh, like my dream guests were, and Sarah Bond was one of them for mm-hmm. what I think is a wonderful reason to want to talk to her and talk about her journey and you know, to share that with students and stuff. And I think that just got further away as she is now president <laughs> of Xbox. I think it's even more... Uh, more difficult than um, it will ever be. But I hope, uh, you know, who knows? But can I can I say what I love most about this, forgive the term, bonding now between Bethesda <laughs> and Xbox Game Studios for Matt Booty to oversee it will allow, I think, more cross work between studios. Um, we yeah. know that there is a lot of the coalition going out and helping with Unreal Engine. They even work with Epic pretty closely. But mm. This opens the door for even more cross collaboration. And I think as mm-hmm. Xbox is figuring it out, finally, uh, the ability to work together within their studios with the new studios, right? Yeah. That's a really good sign because I want to see, I don't mean this as a joke or anything silly. I want to see Master Chief Armor as a skin in Call of Duty. I think it's important. It looks great in Fortnite. It's fun. It lets people that are unfamiliar or un, uh, underexposed to xbox get a chance in the Fortnite realm to see you know who's kratos in the playstation world if they don't know who is yeah. who is this this kate diaz or marcus phoenix what, what are they when that happens and it happens in call of duty that's a pretty big deal and you know one of our stories is cod mobile is set to launch in spring of 2024 cod Warzone mobile yeah. to be specific that's going to launch in spring of 2024 logan that has 45 million pre-registered players right now. If even half that number jump in and somewhere in the credits, it says Xbox Game Studios, that's a huge influx of players seeing Xbox, possibly even for the first time. And if there's a Master Chief skin in there, what's that? What does that mean? If there's a pirate-themed outfit, wait, what does that mean? Like, what's that a reference to? What is Mm -hmm. this marcus phoenix armor or something i think that's important and i i'm the cross promotion guy i talk about that a lot but with this acquisition of activision they have a chance to do something special in terms of exposure if they're bringing parity to all systems that means you can be on your playstation and see a master chief armor or you know a fallout armor or something right a starfield suit which would be great in some of those uh skin sets that's a cool thing to have because I'm on my Xbox and I can see Kratos like nothing wrong with that. Um, I really like the possibilities here because it opens up. And if Matt Booty is overseeing Xbox and Bethesda working together, someone's going to be stepping in to oversee Xbox and Activision together. That's really cool stuff. And I, I want that to happen. Um, yeah. I hate you for what you just put in our our chat by the way this is this is a it's a perfect discussion point you you, (laughs) and this proves this proves that cross promotion so what if for those 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 don't know um i shared an image from one of the tweets that came out from overwatch 2 uh the the image is of a korean pop band uh it is lay seraphim which is very popular very new um but with a couple like folks that are established in in the industry you know they've been around for a while um but they are doing a special performance featuring uh a a bunch of different um songs from stuff that they've covered at blizzcon in connection with overwatch 2 and i reached out to one of my friends through the sea hall the keelhauled uh sea of thieves community and i was like hey how big is this and they're like that is huge uh and i was like okay 
so why is it huge? And they're like, well, they're they're a very uh, up and coming band. And to see them uh, in connection with Overwatch 2, a lot of fans of that of their group were like, what's Overwatch 2? I guess I'm going to have to go figure it out. Mm. And I was like, wait, so it was the other way around from how I thought, because I was like Overwatch 2 players being like, who is this band or who is this group? I don't know who, who this K-pop group is. Mm-hmm. And it was actually the opposite because a lot of K-pop fans are like, oh, I guess I need to go check out Overwatch 2 now. So it, the, the, the point being, it's amazing how cross promotion actually works because mm-hmm. it is it goes beyond just your favorite thing being in another favorite thing. And even to push it one step further, Luke, you almost bought an Overwatch 2 skin this week and why because of halloween right yeah well i did not actually almost buy it but like that was tempted (laughs) so i love halloween and my favorite skin or halloween outfit thing is like pumpkin heads with fire eyes and stuff and i've got that in cod and i've got that in fortnite hollow head is the name in fortnite and i forget i think it's pumpkin something pumpkin patch or something in cod but i just love halloween yeah. And then I saw almost this exact same skin because everybody knows the pumpkin head type character in Overwatch. And I was like, hmm, maybe I've never played Overwatch in my life. You know, <laughs> Team Paladins. That was me. Um, <laughs> I know it's funny. But they like, probably have a skin in Paladins for it, too. They probably do. But uh, yeah, I just never. It's just funny how that stuff can draw in people. I know people that were like, well, I got to turn on Fall Guys and get the Master Chief armor, you know? Yeah. Cross promotion does work, and I think that's why there's so such a call for like a Killer Instinct or Crossfighter or whatever, like a big, a big Xbox showcase of these characters. Because I'm, I don't subscribe to the idea that purity is important. Like I think we should have cross promotional armors in Halo, uh, mm-hmm. whatnot. If you want to keep your campaign sacred, rock on. I don't need Master Chief running around with Price in the single player campaign. I don't need Master Chief running around in Gear Six or anything like that in the campaigns so if you want to keep yeah. that pure fine but in multiplayer the point is to have fun and, and be silly and i'm okay with that it's not the threat of the metaverse i think it's the excitement of seeing people enjoy something so yeah to me I, that's I, how i look at it i do have a question for you and for listeners okay. and I'd, I'd like to get some it, it's going to be a poll so i'd love to see like what people think about this mm-hmm. who would win in a staring contest between Captain Price from Call of Duty, mm-hmm. Master Chief, and Marcus Phoenix. Master Chief, he's got the Master- shield. You can't see. Well, <laughs> you can't I mean, you okay? So there would Cortana would would call him out if he blinked. Okay, um, I think Master Chief wins that. I think Master really, Chief, yeah. Of the three, I think uh, Price is the most emotional. Um, he's also British. I don't. I don't understand how that would relate. Well, hey, governor. Just- yeah, you're blinking at me. I don't know. I don't know. He wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Ah, uh, yes, that that oh so well known <laughs> bad Cockney accent. Oi, Oi. <laughs> wow. Um. <laughs> Can we timestamp that for later? <laughs> Thirty minutes in. Oi, Governor. Immediately, um, any possibility of, interview, of interviewing rare just out the window. Yeah. Mike Chapman's never coming back. Joni's kind of like, uh, yep. I'm good. Yep. Um, no, I think I think uh, Chief still wins that one because because Price and Phoenix are both extremely emotional. You know. Yeah. Uh, Master Chief lost everything. He was like. 
okay, I'm sad. You know, like <laughs> Phoenix, you, you know, he's out I there. I think that's why you like him because he's so much like Batman. Yeah, that's fair. That's actually a good, <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. All right. We're, um, I'm, yeah, I'm, we're I'm detouring really. us for, for no reason. No, not in front of you. It's fun. So yeah, bottom line, <laughs> this culture shift and leadership change at Xbox paves the way for a lot of things to happen uh, in the future for cross promotion. I'm excited to see how Activision changes. I put out on the Twitter. On, I wasn't even joking. People took it. Uh, people took it in a weird way. I was like, "Who's the next leader at Activision?" I think that's an interesting question because I thought it would have been Sarah Bond. So now I'm curious what happens in well, Kodak's departure. I, I do. I do think that Sarah will much in the way that Matt Booty will be kind of like overseeing Zenimax and Bethesda stuff. I think Sarah will be taking over the Activision Blizzard as well. Mm -hmm. That's why I think there's there's two presidents in this case, um, because I think overall Matt will still have kind of like an oversight on this, the studios for Activision Blizzard King. Uh, but honestly, like I... I don't know if Mike Yabara is up for it. He was kind of thrown into the position for Blizzard when um, all of the 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 culling of filth from Blizzard came, mm -hmm. and a lot of people stepped down because of the failures to execute on uh, you know having a safe, uh, positive work environment for all all, all developers and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I want to relegate. If I was Phil Spencer, I don't know if I would want to relegate Sarah Bond to just Activision Blizzard King because I think that she has a lot of passion for all of Xbox. Mm -hmm. um, and Sarah, if you're listening, I would love to have backwards compatibility teams spun up again mm -hmm. to really integrate some old content from the Activision Blizzard libraries mm -hmm. uh, because I miss that team. I think that team was did some really good work and there's still so many different I think there's still so many different games that could use a little more sprucing with mm -hmm. that auto HDR 60 frame per second boost thing. I would just love to, I would love to have that stuff. So sorry, Sarah, I didn't mean to throw that on your plate, but I would love to have that. Without a doubt. I think playing Spider-Man two of late has made me hope for Activision blizzards, older titles to be activated somehow mm -hmm. brought back. And I think as Xbox, and now they now command far more in the gaming industry than they ever have uh, pre 2010, right? Yeah. They, they own Bethesda, they own Activision, they've built a relationship with Ubisoft that is stronger than ever by way of its cloud streaming uh, relationship. They've continued to build relationships, relationships with EA uh, in terms of Game Pass Ultimate um, yeah. that is strengthening their bond. Uh, largely, the only thing missing is anything PlayStation first party, obviously. Um, and I'll be the show notwithstanding. And then Square Enix of the major heavy hitters. And we see Square Enix continuing to strengthen bonds with Xbox. So you have to wonder if maybe uh, some of these older IP that are license locked might be not bullied into, but are able to be pushed into being brought back in some capacity, a collection of some kind. So I'm just curious to know uh, if that happens. We talked about that before, yeah. but. Um, I really would like to see that happen for sure. And did you did you know kind of with Activision arriving, the number of billion dollar franchises that Xbox now owns uh, is at roughly 17. Uh, and that's a bit subjective because, you know, what's a billion dollar franchise mean? Right. Mm -hmm. But uh, Satya Nadella noted this when he was he was 
kind of in, in a recent interview, uh, I think it was an earnings call or something like that. When he talked about the Activision of Blizzard King, he said, quote, with the Activision of Blizzard King, we will now add significant depth to our content portfolio. We will have $13 billion plus franchises uh, from Candy Crush, Diablo and Halo to Warcraft, Elder Scrolls and Gears of War and Microsoft, uh, end quote. Uh, that is interesting. And then I think independent sources from, I want to say Verge, Tweaktown, and a few others noted that the number is actually closer to 17. Again, there's some wiggle room in those, I would imagine. Yeah. You know, like what is a billion dollar franchise? But uh, certainly true. When you command Elder Scrolls, Warcraft, Diablo, Call of Duty, Halo, uh, now Starfield, like there's, there's certainly a lot of sway you have in the industry that you did not have prior, uh, which makes makes xbox i think far more formidable had the deal failed we'd be having a very different conversation but now that it's gone through it's like ooh, this is pretty darn impressive all things considered yeah it's nice i i mean i don't know how this is going to impact gamers at the end of the day i don't know that it needs to um it's kind of a cool little cliff note to be able to to speak to uh but it just kind of goes to show that even with all of these billion dollar franchises, there are still a lot of other franchises that are loved and revered across the games industry. So, you know, there's always talk about consolidation and the the, the worries of, of giving one company too much IP. Mm-hmm. Um, but sometimes even with that, you still find a lot of companies out there with cherished IP that for all intents and purposes will still be around and probably yeah. won't go away ever because of how valued they are you are you are absolutely right and uh, i know for me as i as i see xbox strengthening it really brings me a lot of joy because i think we have parity now in the industry that has been lacking for a while yeah Um, and i think a lot more things are on the table and that makes me happy yeah i want to see xbox continue to be good stewards of call of duty uh because I I, i think that you know i went to the the halloween party last night I noticed there were two consoles on the on the the living room TV. Mm-hmm. There was a Nintendo Switch and a PlayStation Five. Mm-hmm. And having the conversations that I did with folks last night, um, it was cool to to get to talk with them about video games and stuff. Mm-hmm. But know that they were in ecosystems that are my secondary compared to my Xbox, mm-hmm. uh, but still have meaningful chats. Um, you know, meaningful in in a light sense. It's a party, but. You know, having conversations with them about like Destiny 2 or Call of Duty and stuff like that, you know, like Mario Maker and stuff, um, having things like that still kind of throughout the industry, even though Xbox has gone and scooped up a lot of uh, IP and a lot of, of franchises, I think it's still very important. And I'm glad to see that, you know, for, for all intents and purposes, they will continue to be good stewards of that IP the way they have with like Minecraft. Um, and hopefully folks will you know kind of respect them for that and keep that in mind when it comes like elder scrolls six time because mm-hmm. I, I think that might be a fear for a lot of folks i agree and uh you know we've been playing a lot of call of duty lately just well you bought the battle pass i gotta support you for that man i stand by that spawn is awesome <laughs> spawn is awesome um but i've enjoyed the battle but i've enjoyed our time in it the modes that are yeah. there because we played a lot of cod last year then we fell out mm-hmm. of it. I don't think you were with us as much in COD last year, but this year we've had a lot of fun with the modes, the PvP modes, the like the regular multiplayer, the different types of drop-in Warzone style stuff, the Halloween stuff that's kind of come in with it. 
um, yeah. has been a lot of fun. And by the time our next episode, 202, comes out a week from today, uh, we'll have played Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. Like, we're set to get codes for that one early. Um, that's okay. It's okay that we can say that. And I'm excited to do that. I'm also curious, like, all right, well, how's it going to be different? Because everything from 2 transfers to 3, uh, or 90% of it does, everything that we do is transferring. So is it just campaign? Are we really just going to be playing the campaign? I don't know. Um, mm. But you know, what's next for Call of Duty and how does Microsoft steward that will really be interesting. Um, so I'm excited yeah. to kind of watch that happen. And I think we'll see a lot of the answers to those questions in 2024, right? 2024, mm -hmm. we'll start getting news of like, okay, here's the back combat stuff happening. Here's what can come to Game Pass now. Um, and there's, you know, I talked about Warzone Mobile coming in 2024, spring 2024. You got Hellblade in there. You got uh there's another IP coming out early next year. I can't remember which one it was, but like Xbox is set to have a lot of announcements in that first part of the year yeah. that are going to set a really cool cadence. You have to think uh Avowed will be in there. Uh, I can't remember what the other one that I'm trying to to get at in my mind is, but Xbox is set for a good 2024 and now the arrival of Activision titles is that much more exciting and so i'm i'm stoked for it for sure is it hellblade i think i said hellblade hellblade, hellblade. avowed towerborn maybe towerborn was what i was thinking of for early for early maybe. when's the uh song song of the south coming song of the south you mean is that south by is... midnight or something it was the one where they had the uh kind of claymation uh I know what you're with... talking about. okay yeah, yeah yeah i think that's 2025 oh yeah songs later. of midnight that's right. South of Midnight. I don't know what it is. South of Midnight? It's oh, something God. Midnight. <laughs> I want to go watch that trailer now. It's a good trailer. It is a good trailer. Um, maybe I'm thinking of Fable. Maybe it's Fable. Fable's sure. a way out, though. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure what I'm thinking of. Not a big deal. Not a big deal. Um, in the more immediate future, Asterix possibly, maybe, Xbox did a partner preview this past week that I watched, was disappointed by, wasn't angry about being disappointed by because I don't think it was <laughs> the format. I think it was just what was in there. Most of it was not for me. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think that's kind of what was happening here. This partner preview was a new format for games to be showcased. Uh, it was Metal Gear Solid Snake Eater was in there. Ark Survival Ascend, Finals Beta. Uh, we saw a launch trailer for Alan Wake 2 which was interesting and I think had more to do with making sure they continue to rebuild a relationship with Remedy. Uh, Manor Lord, Like a Dragon, Infinite Wealth, which is an Animal Crossing style game in that Yakuza setting. Uh, Ikaro Will Not Die, Still Wakes the Deep, and Robocop Rogue City, along with Dungeon, uh, Dungeons of Hinterburg and Spirit of the North. Some of these looked really cool um, and the format was not necessarily bad. I just don't think they there were games that talked to me, but I felt like... Uh, if I had to guess, I haven't had a chance to listen to X talk yet. I bet you Kevin Ainsworth and Jam Pack Sam were loving this. Um, I know some people in our community were really excited. I think it, I want to say it was Ellery and Butch were stoked about certain games in there. But mm -hmm. either way, the partner preview didn't really move the needle for me. But it, but I liked that they were building relationships with so many different types of partners and different types of games, including Konami. What did you think? I I like the format. Okay. I think they did a good job uh, with the new style. Um, I think this was most definitely like 
a test of that to see like, you know, how people would, would like it. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, I would say that this was pretty low stakes as far as uh, content wise goes. There's not really anything in here that I would say is, is something that was going to move the needle. And I don't think that they intended it to be. Mm-hmm. I think this was them kind of seeing like, if people like the way this is being done, uh, we'll move forward with this kind of formatting for mm-hmm. content delivery. Um, my biggest takeaways were Arc Survival Ascended and uh, Metal Gear Solid Delta um, and the finals. Those were like the three that I was like most impressed by. Mm-hmm. And mostly because of Metal Gear Solid, because we actually got to see like in-engine footage, which is the first time. Uh, other than just kind of like that little cinematic preview that we got a while back. Mm-hmm. And looking at this game, uh, I can't wait to see what happens because it really is showing off what Unreal Engine 5 can do mm-hmm. uh, with environments and lighting. The lighting in this game was beautiful. I, I can't tell if it's ray traced or pass traced. Mm-hmm. Graphics are just really good glo- uh, global illumination with reflections. but it just looks so cool. There was like a displacement section where snake is like moving through the the swamp. And as he's moving along through the swamp, like there's a mud bank next to him that's being displaced uh, by his kind of traversal through it. Kind of like what you see in like nowadays with snow and whatnot, but just with like mud and it's just, it, the textures were so good. I was just like, they really are putting a lot of detail into this, even with like snake himself and like the, his hair and things. Um, so I'm really just impressed. I think this was a, a good way to kind of like showcase like what this game is going to look like. It's going to be amazing. And after seeing things like Alan wake now uh, with the way it looks just really impressed. Um, Arc survival ascended has a bit of a, a, a bit of a mixed reviews right now because it's already out on steam um but nitrido uh i think is the company they're handling the servers this time which mm-hmm. is causing conflict with a lot of custom private server people who mm-hmm. have like arc survival evolved because arc survival ascended is effectively an unreal engine th- uh, 5 remake of arc survival evolved um, which is coming to consoles later in in the year or potentially next year. I, I've heard mixed review or mixed messaging on this. It's supposed to be in December, but some people mm-hmm. think it'll get pushed um, because of the issues that they're running into server wise for the Steam client. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like it, it it's going to be a, a a forty five dollar game on Steam, probably forty five dollars on console. I don't imagine this to be like a seventy dollar game. Um, mm-hmm. But as a remake for Arc, you can still kind of see some of the, um, like the, the, I don't know, kind of like the the jank, if mm-hmm. you will, of of like the original survival game, mm-hmm. um, which is apparent in other versions of their games as well. Like uh, uh, I can't think of the Atlas. You know, it's still kind of weird, kind of traversal and and grabbing stuff, but it looks pretty. And, and I was really impressed to see like a remake done so quickly with mm-hmm. Unreal Engine 5. Um, and then the finals, which I think you and I would probably have fun playing uh, because mm-hmm. this feels like a third person kind of squad based game um, where you have to go deliver caches and each cache uh, takes time to be able to turn in. And 
you can kind of get uh you can get attacked while you're actually like waiting for that that turn in to to finish up um mm -hmm. but this is done by former battlefield devs and a lot of that levolution, a lot of that like destructible environments is present in this. And the beta is running right now. Um, and I was just kind of impressed because especially in one of the scenes, uh, they showed like how how kind of like Rainbow Six Siege tactical you can get with something where uh, they used like thermal optics to be able to see um, a team that was cashing in a, 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 a cash or, or turning in a cash uh, on a floor above them in this mm -hmm. building um, which is all kind of like cyber buildings so the environments will be able to change all the time they'll be able to like design different arenas and mm -hmm. toss those in without any kind of weird lore con conceptual issues and they threw up like a foam wall to block off uh the corridor that they were in then they used explosions to uh uh, to knock out the floor or the ceiling above them dropping the teams and then they used flamethrowers to just torch the team that fell into their trap and they ended up grabbing like the cash that was in that they were turning in and then right before or you know right as that was happening you see this drum of you know some sort of explosives with a, a sticky bomb attached to it roll and fall down onto the floor that they were at exploding them as a result so it's like third partying is such a common thing in 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 battle royales nowadays mm -hmm. that this looks like it is playing heavily into that kind of apex legends third partied uh kind of mentality for for uh, battle royales but in this case it's going to be an arena game much like um overwatch mm-hmm so I think it was very interesting. I know Ains was was excited for it as well too. Um, there's a lot of promise there, but it's it's another games as a service kind of mentality where I'm like, how long is this going to last? How invested should right. I get? That's that's my only stop point. Like my, how many can I play? Because I yeah. don't play Sea of Thieves right now, but I love Sea of Thieves. I mean, I have a measly 900 plus hours, but like, um, rookie. Yeah. But like I, I can't play that one while I'm simultaneously playing all these great single player games plus COD plus Fortnite with my crews. Like it's my buddies that play with me in these games. We only have so much time. So mm -hmm. I wonder how the finals ranks in next to COD ranks in next to Halo, which is having a nice small but comfortable resurgence ranks in next to so many other titles. Like I was making a list, Logan, uh, in my mind of games that I haven't gotten to play or haven't played enough of like I played it for coverage, but now I need to go back to because I want to. Mm. I want to go back to the crew motor fest. I have not touched Phantom Liberty. I at the time of recording this, I haven't started Alan Wake 2. Um, I've yet you? to play How Everspace 2, which you know I wanted to play. Yeah. Um, but like <laughs> my mind was on either coverage games that we've talked about on this show or extra time in Starfield or extra time with my friends here and there. And like there's so mm. much time. Do, do people have time for another shooter with Rainbow Six Siege showing no signs of really stopping? Like, is the finals going to take the place of Rainbow Six Siege? There are incredible numbers for the finals, like 200 plus thousand concurrent viewers at the moment and players yeah. on Steam. And so, so like, how long do these last? You know, is it going to be like threads where big spike, big drop? You know, like what's going to yeah. happen? I just don't know. Um, but I do like seeing them get the spotlight by Xbox, build a relationship there, um, along with a bunch of other of these games that were at the showcase. Like 
it is cool to see that relationship improving. Um, I know I maybe I'm the lame one because I was I was like RoboCop Rogue City. Yay. And like, I don't think anybody else was excited, but I was like, all right, because I liked Terminator Resistance. Yeah. I think I'm just a different type of gamer than than a lot of people that are on socials. But like, I'm stoked for that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You're good with sevens and, and yeah. very honest about that. I to be perfectly honest, like RoboCop is such a it's such a weird thing to me because that was part of this as well too. We got some other ones like still wakes the deep, which is kind of like a, a horror based walking simulator. Think like call of C, but even uh, weirder. And with RoboCop, it's one of those situations where I love RoboCop. I love the movies. I thought they were great as a kid. It was the weirdest like PG 13 movie that was most definitely R at the time. Uh, and it was great to like see him as well as uh, Terminator in like Mortal Kombat 11. Mm-hmm. But to have like a RoboCop game, like I've never thought of like RoboCop as a character that would feel good to play in a game because he's so slow and methodical. The whole idea is, is that, you know, he's he's impenetrable uh, in in to an extent you know unless you can like you know get a chainsaw and then you're probably pretty pretty good to to cut him up there but overall like it's not i don't know what story they're going to be telling because it's robocop has always been a spectacle it's never been about the the deep story um you know it's it's john wick without the uh without the the dog uh and it's just i don't know where they're going with that game because it feels like what they had was the idea of what it would look like if RoboCop was in a game. And I haven't seen anything compelling outside of that. And maybe that's all it needs to be. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, then, you know, I, I hope folks enjoy it because aliens fire team is the exact same thing. Yeah. I love that game, but yeah. like, that's the game I play with a podcast on when I play yep. Starfield 90% of the time, my podcast is not on when I play yeah. Spider-Man or I was worried where you go with it. <laughs> Well, like when I play a lot of single player games, I'm in the story. Yeah, I will not be in the story for that one. I will be listening to a show, <laughs> watching TV, watching YouTube while I play. That's a play game, not an experience, at least to me. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but Starfield is an experience. Alan Wake is an experience. Yeah. So that that is the difference. And sometimes I don't want to be invested. I just want to point and shoot. Um, yep. you, you, we joke about that a lot, but like. That's truly why I haven't played Phantom Liberty because I only have so much proper attention at the end of a school day where I've answered, you know, a well over a thousand questions and decisions to make. Mm-hmm. I want to, I don't want to do that. Um, so yeah. actually I heard it. So I'll give you an insight into Luke lore real quick. I heard a interesting statistic, which is escaping me in this very moment, but the number of decisions teachers make in a day mm-hmm. it, eclipses that of most other professions to include trauma doctors and stuff, which surprised me. And now let's not be, let's make sure I'm getting the message proper here. The number of decisions, not the importance and severity, but the number of questions answered, the number of decisions that have to be made uh, when you have a classroom of 30 plus people for however many hours a day or whatnot. Um, And I see a minimum 120 students a day. Like it's just a lot. So I don't want to make decisions when I get home. Right. I think a lot Mm -hmm. of people can empathize with that. But that's why my gaming is the way it is. I don't want to go in and do anything other than point and click sometimes. And yeah. that's the that's the I think the difference uh, for me. 
your social experience is enriched through your job, whereas afterwards you want to eliminate that from your processing. That's you, a great you, way to put it. It's it's the it was the opposite of when I was working in pest control. My social enrichment was through podcasts. So I was sated in that aspect, but it was making up for the 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 pure manual labor that I was working at the time. I right. needed something uh, intellectual to keep my mind activated and engaged. Otherwise, I was going to go insane. With you, you're so overloaded at work that by the time you get home, you're ready to detox and, and decompress from that experience, which is why action adventure is, is your go-to for that. I think if you didn't, if, if you didn't have the, uh, the, the profession that you do, mm -hmm. I think we'd be having a much different conversation because, uh, a lot of RPGs and their storytelling would probably enrich that social desire to have a conversation with something. That is a great, great way to put it. That's the most eloquent I've ever heard it said. And, and you are dead on the money. That's exactly right. And I bet you, we have a lot of listeners who they get their gaming conversations and their intellectual take from our show or from others. Yeah. Whereas, you know, it's just a different thing. I watch it the discord too. the things, the jobs that people have, the family structures people have impact how they want to communicate about games and their recreation. Yep. You know, good. Does. Good. Well said. Logan. <laughs> well said. So Robocop always... bad game, fun, fun time. Maybe there you go. We'll there see. You go. <laughs> well, um, we have, a number of listener reviews that we didn't get to read last week that I want to talk about. But before we do, Alan Wake 2 is out. And in, for all intents and purposes, it seems to be following the trend of 2023 of destroying wallets and crushing it over on Metacritic. Um, Alan Wake getting 5 out of 5 from VGC, 5 out of 5 from VG247, uh, The Gamer 5 out of 5, Games Hub 5 out of 5, Screen Rant 5 out of 5, Games Radar 5 out of 5, Dexterito, GameSpot, 6 Axis, Game Reactor, all 10 out of 10. Uh, looking to be IGN giving it a 9, Press Start 9.5, Shack News 9, Metacritic uh, around 90, Open Critic uh, just short of 90 at 89. Bottom line, like, Alan Wake 2 is impressive. It looks like both, uh, as of today, as of recording, mm -hmm. uh, both are now at 89 on Metacritic and Open Critic. Gotcha. So well, we, is... we updated this last night. That's gotcha. The reviews are still rolling, <laughs> rolling in. But but pretty darn impressive. I love seeing this because I'm a diehard Alan Wake fan. This has been among my most anticipated games of the year. Um, yeah. If I was not caught off guard by how much I'm enjoying Spider-Man, I would have dove in immediately upon getting the code. Um, but I well, love you, this. You What's did that? the you did the the Fortnite experience. Yes, and that B-roll should be running right about now um, as we're talking. Uh, it. The Fortnite flashback island did a great job at retelling uh, what happened in in the original Alan Wake, which is a wonderful thing. You were kind enough to give me a uh, B-roll uh, for this one. So listeners that are on YouTube can see this kind of happening right now. But it was really cool to play through the story of Alan Wake in Fortnite on an island, very low stakes, but using yeah. assets from the original Alan Wake. Um, just to tell the quick story, definitely left out some details, but such a fun time right now. They're watching your doom guy go through. It was my pumpkin man that went through, uh, but it was cool to, to see that happen. And I would encourage anybody that can wait to play Alan Wake to play all of control just to get the full experience. But it sounds like you don't need to do that if you don't want to. 
But mm. like to me, the universe and the writing is so peculiarly awesome that it's worth doing. And Alan Wake Remastered is a, a flawed but great way to experience Alan Wake. Do it. Check it out. <laughs> Some fun stuff. Um, this is one of those games I don't think you need to play in fear of spoilers. Like you don't need to do it right now. Because it will always be about the experience, not the end. Whereas some things, you, you know, a spoiler could do everything. Um, Alan Wake is unique and it's a wonderful part of Xbox history. So I hope that people uh, take the time to to fully go in and use the Fortnite uh, island. Play through Alan Wake 1 in 25 minutes. I did it. It was a blast. Uh, Alan Wake remastered, uh, at least as the t- of, of the time of recording this. For the next four days is on sale from $30 to under $10. Ooh, that's great. So worth it. So worth it. And in Control Ultimate Edition or Control in general, the Alan Wake expansion, wonderful. The Alan Wake uh, expansion is wonderful. We got a code for Alan Wake 2. We only got one. I took I took advantage of that one, uh, listeners. Yeah, I didn't want I. Sorry, you're not getting B-roll of this at the moment because I have trouble playing the spoopy games and I did not want a code if I wasn't going to be playing it. Um, But I did the $20 upgrade. So like if you get the regular edition, guys, and then you are like, yo, this is my jam and I want to get the expansions, you can get all the expansions and upgrade deluxe edition for 20 bucks more. So if you don't, if you're on the fence about which edition to buy and you're not sure if it's for you and you get the regular one, you can upgrade later, um, which is cool. Um, I, I know I'm all in on this. I'm excited for it. This is definitely going to be one that I take my time with because gone are the days where I play it and rush through a game. I ruined God of War 2 for, my, for myself, and I'm not going to do that again. Mm. Um, and so I, I'm stoked for Alan Wake. This is so cool. And I think a lot of our Discord members are loving it. I saw, I want to say it was, I'm going to pull it up right now like while we're talking, but I saw, uh, let's see, Clint was talking about how much he loved uh, Alan Wake, uh, Kevin Ainsworth was loving it. They've been I, loving the music too. Like yeah. the music has been the big, big point of sell for them. I just bought Alan Wake remastered, by the way, for ten bucks. Did you? So, you did yeah. it? Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll try and play through that. It says it's an action adventure shooter, which I'm, which I'm is different than a horror game that two is supposed to be. Yeah. Did you play Control? I played a little bit of it really enjoyed it but then got distracted with destiny and sea of thieves gotcha well if you have a chance to play control ultimate edition it is they are you have they are tied together but they are not like siblings like Mm. they are not you Mm. don't need one to do to enjoy the other vice versa they're more like cousins yeah and you get references to alan wake by playing through control Mm. and then one of the expansions is called uh awe uh, which is a yep. reference to alt, uh, altered world events in the game, but it's also Alan Wake expansion, um, where you you come across the idea that wait a minute, Alan Wake, nah, <laughs> Alan Wake exists in the world of Control, or rather, quote question maybe possible, uh, Control exists in the world of Alan Wake, which is also a possibility because what Alan writes comes true asterisk comma sometimes maybe is a lot of really strange twilight zone level speculation so i did not spoil anything for anybody that's all on the boxes and just to be very clear um yeah but it but it's intentionally nebulous for you as the consumer reader experience uh audience member to decide and learn about 
So just to be clear, I don't want anyone to think I ruined something for them. It was always meant to be stated that way and discovered according to your own affair. So I was, I'm very curious, uh, once you get time to actually play through this, how Alan Wake 2 takes place. Because after playing through the Fortnite story and learning that everything kind of happens as a result of the situation that occurs there, mm-hmm. knowing that the second one has two characters that are kind of working through the same story ish kind mm-hmm. of thing from what I understood of the trailers. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm wondering like how this game even kind of kicks off. Cause it does feel like Alan wake one is kind of a one-off um, with an opportunity for them to kind of open it up. So I, I just, I'm, I'm very curious because there's characters that I've seen in, in the Fortnite thing that I was like, Oh, that's cool. But I haven't seen them in Alan Wake two trailers. So what happened there? And and I'm wondering if maybe that's part of the story. I'm curious as well. There's a lot of questions I have about the room of light and, and some of the characters from the first Alan Wake. Um, mm-hmm. His wife plays an integral part as to his experience, Alan's experience uh, as a character. How does she, if at all factor into the second one, mm-hmm. um, the typewriter and, It'd just be really cool to see how they've evolved the mechanics because you'll find in Alan Wake Remastered, the gameplay is very dated to point the flashlight at a word and it gets created. That's cool, but it was cool when it came out. And yeah. I'm curious how they evolve that to the next one. Um, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh, let's see here, Logan. I am excited for Alan Wake 2, without a doubt, but I, I didn't get a chance to read last week reviews by both Clint Coombs and Ellery. Mm. on the various games they covered for XEP, which I'm grateful for. We had a code for Long Gone Days, which uh, is a game that was never meant for Luke Lore, but it's right up Ellery's uh, interest level. And I hope they come on and and talk about it in our uh, wrap-up this month as well. But I'm going to read Ellery's review, uh, and then I would encourage you to pull up some, some gameplay footage of it as well. Uh, this is Long Gone Days, uh, and Ellery, one of our community members, did this review for us. Long Gone Days shouldn't be rushed through, even though the first half can feel tedious at times. A philosophical, a philosophical thinker, it uses a mil- the military and politics to question the moral and ethical decisions and ramifications that are made and encountered. The game sets a tone quickly when it hits you with a when you have been spoon-fed with limited choices your whole life, you don't really question the stuff given to you. You just assume that it's normal, but also falls off quickly as you slog through the first few hours. Looking back during this time, I would have explored side quests as as this could have potentially filled that void for me. But those first few hours weren't a complete drag. This is a great character. There is great character design, despite a lack of diversity and representation. The art in both pixelated characters and anime style narrative parts are wonderful and one of my favorite things about this game. Also, I appreciate the numerous manual save points throughout, and any time I can pet an animal in a game, it's a huge win. From the eight hours that I played, I found myself ignoring the side quests and the morale system as their impacts were not apparent and didn't seem to hinder any of my objectives. The turn-based combat was average, albeit a bit tiring as the game went on. Although I did enjoy the first-person perspective, character control wasn't always smooth with the left stick, but but switching to the D-pad quickly remedied this. Unfortunately, I was unable to roll credits due to a bug that was encountered during the Aldebarian Underground when facing a gun drone, and this game continuously quit, kicked me out to the home screen, and despite an attempt at uninstalling and reinstalling it to my system. 
This was a tragic end to a game for me as the second part uh, was where the game started to finally shine with more robust gameplay and a more compelling story arc. And that is the, that is Ellery's review. And as I look at gameplay, I can see exactly what she's talking about with kind of the point and click element, the morale system, the military uh, approach. There's a lot of reading and talking and dialogue, but uh, that anime <laughs> art style does seem to be compelling. Um, I appreciate Ellery for writing that review. Logan, what did you think? Did you did you see footage of this while I was I thought, talking? Yeah, I thought that was a great review. I thought it was really interesting to kind of address uh, the lack of diversity based on the location and in, in, in see if there was an opportunity there for the devs to either decide like they wanted that inclusion or they wanted to keep things very kind of close to uh, the cultural representation of, of the, the environment that they're working in, even though it's, you know, it's all made up, they could decide what they wanted. Uh, I did see what she was talking about as far as like the different animals that you can pet. You know, I saw a couple of uh, ravens in there, but a kitty as well. And the, the pixel art, um, reminds me a lot of like harvest moon games. A lot of, uh, like, um, I can't think of the, uh, the, the farming simulator that's super popular, uh, that recently got multiplayer that, everyone plays i can't think of the name Animal of it crossing farming no simulator. <laughs> no it was um ah, i hate that I've, i'm forgetting this i'm sorry i'm not much help here no it, there's it, a farming simulator that's popular it's really really popular but the this looks like a kind of an extension of like that that pixel art uh style mm -hmm. not too unlike sea of stars i think sea of stars is probably much much higher quality as far as like mm -hmm. the little flourishes that they do for this but this mm -hmm. does look pretty cute um Gosh, it's bugging me that I can't think of that name, but I'll have to let that go. Uh, mm -hmm. But overall, I would say great, great review. Glad that uh, they were able to take this on because I, I definitely see where the the, <laughs> the gameplay would not have interested me um, mm -hmm. on the box. Uh, mm -hmm. But after listening to what they they wrote up about this, it was cool to to hear that it's still pretty good. Real shame about that bummer. It's weird how often you find games that have game breaking bugs at the mm -hmm. end of the game where mm -hmm. it typically is the least played mm -hmm. and most folks will never see that because most folks rarely ever actually finish games nowadays mm -hmm. i uh, i also get frustrated when people make make a big deal of small bugs right and playing starfield and spider-man uh it's kind of my two big story games of late i've seen mm -hmm. a lot of bugs in both um none ruined my experience i was like all right come on but it sounds like in ellery's case you can't progress that's a big deal right yeah. it's very different than someone getting stuck in a background reload a checkpoint and move on with your life right yeah. it's very different experience and so uh, that's uh definitely awesome uh clint coombs was good enough to write in a review for us for warhammer dark tie which a lot of people have been playing as it was essentially relaunched into game pass um, a lot of people I know have been checking this out. We saw people in our Discord playing it. Um, would you mind reading Clint's take on Warhammer 40,000 Darktide? Yeah, this is one that I'm I'm ashamed that I have not dipped into because I, I actually really loved the trailer when it first came out. Uh, Clint, really appreciate you writing up the review on this because it really helps kind of gauge whether or not I'll, I'll be able to jump in. And honestly, I think it'll take some of the XCP crew to be able to dive into this. Uh, for me to have a reason to install it, considering how 
much space I have on my Xboxes right now, especially with Alan Wake downloading. Uh, but he wrote in uh, his review says Warhammer 40,000 Darktide, developed by Fat Shark Games. Darktide is the first person cooperative shooter that takes place in the grim warhammer 40k universe which is a great universe originally released on pc back in november 30th the game is now available on xbox and game pass along with the release of patch 13 which greatly changes up the four class skill trees you can reach level 30 in dark tide equipment uh, or excuse me with four different classes as you reach level 30 you will discover new equipment and tools to add to the skill tree of your chosen class reminds me a lot of um uh, uh the the game that came out recently oh never mind anyway um <laughs> this is the second time you've done that I'm like oh, no yeah, my brain is game. just like <laughs> failing uh outriders um, oh yes love the game. four classes you have to choose from are the psyker uh, uh kinetic uh psychinetic the zealot uh preacher zealot, or zealot. zealot. i always call it zeal um zealot preacher uh veteran shark shooper or shark shark shooter wow i'm just failing today sharpshooter and the organ skull breaker ogrin skull breaker ogrin thank you yeah why making me read this uh (laughs) the sharpshooter is your standard running gun style that is also armed with different types of grenades depending on what skill path you choose and is also armed with a chain sword for close melee combat which space marine i love the chain swords i was gonna say that chain sword so good pretty well known yeah that's dope uh their skill tree can also help with extra ammo drops and higher damage outputs to critical hits on enemies that is my cod play style right there by the way mm-hmm. um zealot uh preacher is more of a close quarters ca- character armed with smgs slash flamethrowers and multiple different single hand weapons uh they play more of a support role with their skills allowing to stun multiple enemies as well as buffing your party against the enemy hordes You'll be bursting heads and confusing enemies with the Psyker class from a safe distance. Upgrading certain skills for this class will allow you to lightning strike multiple enemies at a time or one-shot elite enemies while also giving your group a buff to damage against elite baddies. This reminds me a lot of the, um, was it the Storm Chaser class in, uh, in, in, um, uh, of Anthem? Was that the the, yep. the mage? Class? I don't remember that kind of stuff. <laughs> like I know oh, what you're man. talking about. I don't remember the name. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There was a there was an elemental uh, javelin in mm-hmm. Anthem that this sounds a lot like, which I absolutely I love that that javelin. Uh, Clint goes on to say, nothing will harm your comrades if you spec into the tank option of the Ogren, absorbing blows with your massive shield and marking enemies at- or making enemies attack you and not your friends with a single swing of your giant mace. Or spec into giant death machines able to equip the largest guns and melee weapons as your special ability charges you forward, knocking everything you hit uh, to the floor and dazed. This is this was my favorite class overall, and I had a lot of fun defending my friends as they mow down the hordes of enemies attacking me. Once you've chosen your class, you'll be able to play through several campaign missions, all with mission main missions and submissions to complete for rewards. These are all replayable with the five different difficulties as well as random things added to the map, such as the level being set very low light, uh, higher enemy density, and harder hitting elites, just to name a few. 
Upon completing the mission, you will be rewarded with experience points, money to buy armor and weapon upgrades, tokens that go towards crafting of new loot, and the possibility of an upgrade for your armor or weapons. Graphics are very well done. Your character's multitude of armor and weapons all look great. Even with a multitude of enemies on screen at once, some great attention to detail was made to their skins and clothing. Most levels take place inside, and there are some great instances of shadow and light detail through corridors and cathedral-style rooms. The Series X has both quality mode that runs at 30 FPS and performance mode at 60 FPS. Quality mode does seem to stick at 30, where performance drops down to 50 here and there. Series S has performance mode only at 30 FPS. Turning off blur effect seemed to help greatly with the stabilization of these frames. I have roughly 40 hours total with the PC and console versions combined. Playing solo with random is fun, but if, they're, uh, if they aren't using voice or don't care about objectives, it can be a downer at times. However, playing with friends led to many late nights of laughter and yells as we tore through the hordes of enemies in the name of the Emperor. If you're a fan of co-op shooters or games like Left 4 Dead, I highly recommend this title. I give it a solid three out of five, double downs, or even an eight. Hmm. There you go. That makes me want to play it. It like looks really fun. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. It looks it, like a, a, Aliens Fire Team is is going to be like of the same avenue. Like there's class where deal with hordes. It's like Gears Horde mode, but in Warhammer. And Warhammer has fantastic lore and character design and stuff like that. So it, it's going to be fun. I, I think it's just a matter of do we install it over something else? Right. Uh, I fully agree. Um, big thank you to Clint, to Ellery for, for doing that for us. Guys, we get sometimes codes that we just can't handle. If that's something that you're interested in, you're a part of the XCP community, let us know. Happy to... to see what we can do as far as doing kind of listener reviews if you're in our community because we enjoy doing that that was fun uh, mm -hmm. and it lets us cover games that logan and i wouldn't either be able to get to or don't necessarily have an interest in covering ourselves but our audience might so yep. we really appreciate that thank you guys so much so so much so oh man logan we've got uh not a ton of listener questions but a few uh and i want to make sure i give them due diligence edward barnell wrote in over on twitter and says, do you think that Microsoft's next console should release in 2028? Do you think the pandemic would have would have moved it to 2030 so they could catch up with games and business that was missed during those two years of release? Hmm. Um, I don't have a good like 2028 versus 2030 mm -hmm. kind of thing. I think it will largely depend on how Xbox manages the the release of activision content next to bethesda content and how strong they are doing xbox has been uh in third place for an entire generation and a half and that has dictated some of their choices yeah playstation has been in in second place but first in the competitive hd zones um for quite some time they've been raising prices of their consoles and games and subscription services to seemingly no detriment right now so having a good first party catalog is a big deal uh, and lets you make decisions that ne may not necessarily be consumer friendly and you get away with it. So how quickly we need the next Xbox will depend on how strong their portfolio is for a while. They posted Brad Sam's reported on some uh, numbers recently, Edward, that 
were pretty darn impressive. All money in the bank revenue for Xbox uh, and Microsoft lately. That would surprise you, I think, uh, at least from the outside looking in, right? But Starfield had a huge bump in in Game Pass numbers. That Satya Nadella reported it was this uh, the largest single day jump in Game Pass subscribers as a result of Starfield. You have to think if they get a good cadence between Xbox Game Studios, ZeniMax Studios, and uh, Bethesda titles, Activision titles across the board, and they're able to manage that well, console sales will do quite well. And then the question is, do you need a new console sooner or later to boost interest? Nintendo has taught us you don't need a new console to keep interest in, in sales. PlayStation has taught us that if your IP is strong, and there's interest in your IP, people are going to buy your stuff for third party. So it'll largely depend on that. I don't need a console to be new to enjoy it. I do need content that I want to play. So we'll see, Edward. Um, but I don't think the pandemic is truly going to impact anything uh, as far as 2028, 2030. Resources might. They just signed a pretty big deal with arm which i don't know computer parts and i don't want to pretend like i do i'm just quoting what i heard from brad sams that may impact how the infrastructure of the new system is the inner workings that would be more likely to impact this than a pandemic per se yeah arm technology is interesting it's low power high efficiency but not it's it's like low power consumption i should say mm. uh like um it's just not as powerful as like a standard CPU, mm -hmm. but it operates at a much lower power consumption mm -hmm. um, than standard CPUs. ARM is a fantastic technology. In fact, uh, I would say most iPhones and stuff, most of the uh, the chips that, that Apple produces now are all mm -hmm. ARM-based. Um, Google was, uh, is like ARM-based. A lot of um, handhelds are ARM-based. As far as their infrastructure, as far as their their actual technology, like the chips, the Snapdragon chips that are in them, are mm -hmm. all ARM based. Um, stuff is kind of moving that direction because the the technology is progressing faster than the slope for standard PC chips, mm -hmm. uh, CPUs. Um, but it, it, like, if you imagine having a handheld, an ARM chip in there is going to consume the battery life a lot less. And you're getting mm -hmm. than than like a standard like CPU GPU combination. Mm -hmm. uh, so for consoles, that's a good thing because you can get better performance out of it for less power consumption, which reduces the heat index, which means that you can make the components more tightly encased with less mm -hmm. uh, with less less like cooling overhead um, mm -hmm. compared to like a big computer tower that needs like an AIU in it to be able to keep the CPU below 100 Celsius, things like that. Um, are really kind of interesting. I'm with you when it comes to not necessarily saying that two years would make much of a difference. I do think that Xbox needs to have a new console in 2028. Uh, eight years is a pretty good lifespan for a hardware, but we're looking at that right now with the Switch and everyone is like chomping at the bit uh, or champing at the bit. Sorry, I didn't want to mess that up. Uh, they're champing at the bit to get the Switch too. And, mm -hmm. uh, that that's, it's telling the, like, as far as hardware goes right now for Xbox, mm -hmm. I'm done buying hardware, uh, for Xbox. I have like the cards that I want. I have the expansion drives that I want. I've got the peripherals mm -hmm. that I want. I'm not probably going to spend a whole lot on hardware for Xbox in the next what five years. 
So mm. when the next Xbox comes out, I need it to be a a marketed improvement on the hardware as, mm. as far as like what we're going to be getting. Because even with this generation, we're still not getting the 4K60 that we were promised at the beginning of the system at the, at the launch. Mm. And looking at PC, the 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 parity difference is is growing um mm-hmm. pc cards are just growing better the the ray tracing looks so much better you can get 4k 60 on pc right now it's not a problem if you have a high-end card but you're also spending like five grand on that pc uh mm-hmm. so i i need that console to come out sooner rather than later to deal with the disparity between graphics right now because the developers are already whining about the series s mm-hmm. yep that's that's a good take on it and i appreciate the the logic i'm i'm in a similar boat of i don't think i need new xbox hardware for a while um i don't need controllers um, unless it's like a collector's piece like i love my starfield controller haven't used it yet it was beautiful it's so good i'm worried i'm using it too much (laughs) yeah i totally understand that but i've been using my elite core just enjoying that um i use my master chief one they are good deals on it but like i use my oh yeah like this one's beautiful. I use this a lot or I used it a lot and I haven't used it in a while because I'm just on yeah. my white one. Um, so unless it's a collector's piece, I don't really need it. The only thing I need hardware wise is the expansion card, like the memory card. Oh, yeah. Um, I really need that for my Series S downstairs. That is actually inhibiting my gameplay. Yeah. Um, but I have two. <laughs> we've, we've talked about this before, but like the money spent on games or gaming are finite. And we're fortunate we get a lot of codes, so I don't want to pretend like I'm not fortunate there. But like, yeah, even still, like I still have to buy a certain number of things or pay for Zencaster or whatever. And I'm not going to spend money on that memory card in lieu of a new game. Yeah, but I am going to have to deal with it. I do. Fr- I'm, I'm so frustrated with my Series S because it's small, like COD is 100 and blah, 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 or whatever it is. Yeah, like, it takes up a good chunk of it. And so I need a memory card pretty badly for my Series S. If only. Um, if only there was a cloud solution that would save us from having to have these large game installs on our hard drives. Fidelity and uh, delay. That's the only picture. <laughs> but you're right. You're right. All right. Let's go to uh, Famous Seamus's question before we yeah. get out of here. Uh, love Famous Seamus. He's the most famous Seamus that I know. I he don't says, know any more Famous Seamus either. Uh, I know Seamus Blackley, but Famous Seamus is more famous. Um he says, Halloween is in a few days. I'm at a convention this weekend, so I'll ask two questions. What is the best Halloween costume you've ever seen? And what is your dream costume to wear? Uh, the best Halloween costume I've ever seen was Pennywise. Um, mm-hmm. My neighbor has a brilliant Pennywise costume that they wear. I think Pennywise is one of the coolest characters ever. I really wish they'd do a series on Derry and like so we'd get more of Pennywise himself. Um, but that was a great Halloween costume. Um, and I'm a good sucker for whenever kids show up in the hero they want to be. Uh, <laughs> like I had a lot of Black Panthers last year and a lot of um, oh, cool. Miles Morales and, and Peter Parker's showing up. That was fun because like I'd get the Wakanda forever or I get the sh- sh- thing mm-hmm. like like they would do that. Uh, a few years ago, I'd get a lot of Jedi when I think it was because Star Wars was still doing its movie releases and like, you know, they'd hold the lightsaber. Um my dream costume to wear really depends on what year it is. Like I had, I loved master. Chief. I was doing a master chief for a bit last year. I did a Jedi. I don't know what I'll do this year, but like, it just depends on what I'm into at the moment. 
Um, I had planned to do some sort of Superman-esque thing, but I haven't been able to be lifting like I wanted to. Uh, I've been so busy. So like, I don't quite fill out the spandex shirt that I wanted to do um, yeah. in a way that I'd be <laughs> proud of. Like I, I like the wrong parts are, are, are puffy. So I'm like, all right. Um, so it just depends. But yeah, that's that's my answer. That's so cool. Yeah, I I've seen some really fantastic. And fortunately, I follow a, a few different cosplayers like on Twitter and on YouTube and stuff. So the quality for some of the cosplays that I've seen have been amazing. I saw uh, a Willow uh, creates over on Twitter and YouTube uh, develop a an, an animatronic uh, mask that was of Mephisto from Diablo four in the wolf form with like the half dead skull with the blinking eyes and stuff. And it just, it looks so amazing. So I have a really skewed perspective on costumes because I'm so like, I'm so present within like watching really good uh, cosplay makers. Mm -hmm. Um, But the, the one time I went out to, uh, I, I go out to the, the Sacramento anime convention every couple of years or every couple Nerd. of times a, a, a year and there's a group of folks there that make gundam suits as like a like a halo master chief kind of looking like suit but it's it's gundam and every year i see them uh with just a little bit cooler of a of a gundam suit and i'm like man that'd be fun i'd love yeah. to make like one of those kind of suits because it can, you can, you can hide the little, the little dad belly, you know, when you're, when you're mm-hmm. wearing like a big cool suit like that, you know, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and so, yeah, yeah, that would be my pick. And those are like the ones that I'm most impressed by the folks that are able to do the, the, the foam and the cardboard, uh, like just suits of armor that look mm-hmm. metal, but are 100% just foam. I mm-hmm. love that. I think that's the coolest thing in the world. So I would I would like to try and figure that out. Like BlizzCon, they had the Reinhardts from Overwatch. Those were so cool. They were huge. They were massive. I would love to do something like that one day. Dope. Very cool. Very cool. Well, uh, Logan, I think that's going to do it for this week. I want to thank everybody for listening to XCP. Uh, it was really cool to get so many messages for XCP 200 last week. Uh, grateful to all of you for listening. Of course, you can find the show on all your podcast services. You can find me on all the socials at Incipit Ghost. Um, we really appreciate the engagement, Patreon support, the likes and subscribes. If you haven't clicked like, please consider it. Um, and if you're on audio, writing a review makes a big deal, a uh, big difference, I should say. And so it, I'm just appreciative of you. Uh, Logan, where can people find you and what content you're doing? Uh, Keelhauled is always just out there, you know, doing Sea of Thieves content. It's been really good this week. So ha- happy to uh, share some time with my community members talking about um, Tall Tales recently. Other than that, just C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N, either in Discord or on Twitter or threads. There we go. That's it for us. Have a fantastic rest of your week, everyone. Take care. Bye. <laughs>